I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about the things and people that don't get talked about enough, or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new, and you will definitely LOL. Our Private Bits is also part of the ACAST Creator Network. All right, cuties, today on Our Private Bits, we have Nick Marzetti joining us. Nick is a renowned fashion photographer with work being featured in Vogue Italia, Vogue China, Fashion Canada, Shun, and Design Exchange. And he also happens to be one of my best friends. Want to say hi, Nick? Hi, I love you. (laughs) I love you. So glad to be here. (laughs) Me too. I'm so happy that we get to record this podcast just because we've been friends for such a long time. And I don't know, I feel like we've both been on this sort of journey over the last, like, you know, I think almost 10 years together. And it's been really cool. Um, But like, how do we meet for the first time? (laughs) Do you remember? I I think it was at Tom. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was doing backstage photography and I saw this like, this thing floating by. (laughs) I I don't think I'd ever seen that much grace before in a person. Uh, And I don't remember who reached out first. I definitely slid into your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we just started shooting together. So true. Yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing and you were so patient. No. And I learned true. so much about what it's like to shoot a real model. Oh my God. I'd never shot like, other than like people backstage. I've never, I never actually had a photo shoot with a real model and I'm, it blew my mind. Oh my gosh. Well, our first shoot that we did together after I reached out to you, we like went to like Prince Edward County, which we went to these like sand dunes. So it kind of looks like you're like in Dubai or something. Yeah. And I remember like, but it's like, you kind of have to like hike out to these sand dunes. So I had like all of this like wardrobe oh, that I was yeah. like carrying. It was so hot. It was that like was not a cloud in the sky that day. <laughs> and then we were like trying to shoot and like it was super windy too. And the lights kept falling over. And, and like, I sprayed SPF in my eyes. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Always something happens whenever we hang out. <laughs> Things explode, you know. Uh, but like, oh my gosh. But I think, I don't know. It was like one of those days where I think for me anyway, like especially that first shoot, like I felt like it was like, it was so cool just for us to be able to connect. And like, I, I've never, I don't know. It was like, it just, I felt like it was just me and you and like we were creating and like, I don't know. I just remember us like driving back after that shoot and I just feeling like so creatively like full and like excited, yeah. you know? Cause I think, I think something that's interesting, I don't know. And I, I think I've shared this to you before is like, I find it hard. I think sometimes with photographers where like, I think photographers like want to capture me in like a certain way. And a lot of them, like I have, have a tendency either to like make me want to look really masculine or they like want me to look like perfect or like very like posed. And I think something I enjoy with you is that we get to like, we play with movement. I think you, you really capture like a balance of like my femininity and masculinity. And I I don't know, I, I really haven't met someone else that 
captures me in that way, I guess. I don't know. Something's really special. Well, yeah. To like, <laughs> but I, f- I find your face fascinating, and I think I, w- I always did. And it's so weird, like from certain, from like low, you can just be the most masculine guy ever, and then from other <laughs> angles, you're I can I find you like achingly beautiful. And it's it's That's it, so interesting. And I think like because that, it inspires me so much. I think it's led to someone like I always feel like when we do our shoots, like we always like it's like twice a year we're shooting, and I always feel like those moments are some of the best photography moments. And I think it's because we're so playful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, I always find something new that I haven't done before. And I think my growth is tied closely uh, to our photo shoots together. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, even though it's like, you know, I've been modeling for like 10 plus years. But like, it's true, like, I, not just on like a physical level, but like a very like emotional level. Like, you know, I, I, when we were doing like our, our shoot for Terry Mugler, like H&M collab, you know, and it's like, I have such a like internalized like shame and fear of dancing. But I remember like when we were shooting this video and like, it was like the first time that I felt like safe enough to try to like Vogue and dance like in a video. And it was such a like liberating moment for myself, I think like internally to be able to like go through that. And yeah, I just remember like watching back the video and it was like a part of like baby miles, like reclaiming their power, you know, like sort of in this photo shoot and, yeah, like, I, but but there's been like a like I feel like every not not every shoot, but almost every shoot, there's like a moment or it's just something that like happens on this shoot that we like create something and it's like creates healing inside of me. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I I really just I think I think you meet people. I think you meet people in your life that are there for a purpose. And I think meeting you, I think a big part was like for you to help me. I think like heal from a lot of my own trauma and shame. Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) I really believe that. That is so touching. (laughs) And I feel the same way because I was very intimidated by you at first because you do strike like, you can strike this like very alpha male tone sometimes. And especially when we met, like I I did not smile. Like it was very like serious, like, you know, Blue Lander or Blue Lander (laughs) face, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah, for me, like, I think you also maybe healed some of like, you know, daddy issues and stuff like yeah so weird i love it it's interesting you know i you know when people just like i think look at fashion and are like oh it's you know it, it it's so like superficial and i'm like no 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 like i think fashion and creating and art i think it's so much more than than what you just see it's not just a pretty picture you don't know like the journey it was yeah. to like get to that sort of moment and and i think with all of your work you you know there's there's so much more depth to it like there's such a story I think to all of your images outside of just the ones that we create together you know I think everything that you shoot I think it's so powerful where like someone can really like sit there and like get and create like maybe their own story when they look at look at your images so yeah I don't know I I think I think it's interesting but I I don't know I think you're amazing (laughs) (laughs) I love you uh yeah it's funny that you said that like I you have this way of like uh I don't know. It's like this, like, don't fuck with your like default expression is like this, like, don't fuck with me expression. It's true. <laughs> it's like, it can be, you can be, I, I remember, I think it was at the Kappa Awards, like, yeah. watching a row of people like trying to muster up the courage to approach you. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was really funny. That's so funny. You were like, I think seven foot 
Tyrant seven feet tall. With a giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, that's so interesting. You know, like, and it's like, it's something like I've had to do is like a rebrand of like, I, I try with my social media now, like in the last couple of years of like being more smiley and like being more like <laughs> bright, you know, and not trying to be so intimidating because I just, I think a lot of people were like, oh, Miles is such a bitch. Like, and I was like, oh, like, that's, I think it was like at that time in my life, it was like a, a defense mechanism, you know, of me yeah. trying to like, protect myself and like didn't want people to like say comments to my face or whatever you know like I was trying to like scare people off but you know since then I, I think it's been like uh you know I want to like welcome people in you know to to who I am and not have people be intimidating even though I mean when you're like seven feet tall it's hard to not be intimidated I love that I actually feel the same way as I'm getting a little older like mm-hmm. I, w- I think I would always come off as like a little bit of an asshole, uh, but it was all shyness. Yeah, totally yeah. it is. And now that I'm like become more confident, I just like, just want to love everyone yes. and, and try to be like, you know, there for everybody and like never want anyone to feel like a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Our journeys are, I think, completely different, but also very similar in a yeah. way. I think there's like a common, I think there's a common thread yeah. that's in there. So I'm curious a little bit though, because I think, you know, knowing a bit of like your backstory, how do you think that like your upbringing has sort of like, I guess just affected your relationships and the way that you create and, you know, how you go about your journey in this world? Well, I definitely like didn't have the best relationship with my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't necessarily his fault, but he was like this six foot five, super alpha male. All he wanted was a son that played like hockey. And like, I am just not that. I'm I'm very feminine. I'm I'm just, that's. So dealing, I think with like, like I'm straight, but also like dealing with with guys could could be very difficult. Mm -hmm. And then when I found photography uh, and being able to shoot, male models uh i don't know i found like and i think that helped me shoot you in a way because i could because you have some of that alpha male energy and i, I could shoot you and like f- uh, i don't, I don't want to say put you on a pedestal but like i could take the feeling of like that i would have like from my father and maybe mm-hmm. the shame of not being able to like live up or whenever i shoot powerful people mm-hmm. and that actually ends up translating very well because I like, I'm naturally like pushing them up in the photo, uh, like in giving them as much power as possible without thinking about it. And I think that's one of the reasons, especially when I shoot men, that it works so well. That's so interesting that you say yeah. that. I'm just thinking about this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Hope my dad doesn't listen to this one. <laughs> oh my God. But do you think that like, is there, is there a way that there's like a reclaiming, I guess, like of your power, like through to this? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Is there a shoot that comes to mind? I would say it's just the overall. I mean, I've, I've never, I have been so shy. We mm-hmm. moved every six months and yeah. I was always like kid reading like fantasy novels right. and I would never go out. And obviously that makes you very socially awkward. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I know by the time I was in my twenties, like I was a little bit of a wreck. And then uh, when I found like my passion in photography, uh, just like, having you can't shoot someone if you don't build rapport Mm -hmm. like you can't like if you don't have something happening like a connection between your subject it's not it's you're missing out and to try to cultivate that um and by learning how to cultivate that i have really conquered those demons like big time i love it yeah now i'm able to like 
people like, you know, shooting like I shot Billy Porter recently. Bananas. <clears throat> and and you know, I, I could feel those old feelings of like, cause he's like such a powerful mm-hmm. like uh, character in the room. And I realized at that moment, like, wow, I was a little bit intimidated, but it didn't matter anymore. And I just like we fell into each other. And like mm-hmm. that is I think like what photography is all about. Like like well, portrait photography. Just like being able to like cultivate these connections with people even if you have nothing in common and i don't know uh, i feel at this point in my career i for the first time i have complete power over myself and just like you were saying earlier about a little piece of miles was healed i feel like i've like finally like you know i love like little nick Mm -hmm. that was like maybe bullied or like was you know super shy like i love that guy and it's not like i'm not that way anymore it's that now i just love him Mm -hmm. and suddenly then you have all the power exactly yeah you know and and i think like to your to your point earlier too it's like i think you're such a like you know like i i think it's something that's always like drawn me to you and and i think something that i appreciate you is that appreciate about you is that you know you very much are this like beautiful balance of like masculinity and femininity and like i think it's like i see a lot of myself in you in this sort of like in that situation too and I, and I think that this like it's part of the reason why I feel so safe with you you know like because when I first like when you know first look at you you know you're this like handsome very masculine looking guy you know it's muscular and it's like to me I would feel really intimidated in the beginning of something like that but then once I like started talking to you and getting to know you and like understanding you you know like there's like these beautiful both sides of you and and I think this that that must be I don't know like was it was it hard for you to like even though you said you were like you know a little bit feminine and straight like how do you navigate that like that must be I don't so know. hard you like, know? so many girlfriends think I was gay it was so yeah. funny <clears throat> and I think part of it is just like I've always been and I don't know why because my dad dad was I mean he's from a time mm-hmm. like totally. a different time a little homophobic uh I don't know why I was this way but I was always just like, like if I if I was gay tomorrow like I wouldn't like great give, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know I spent few years with my uncle who's gay in England uh and I was like deep in the gay community I was bouncing at a gay bar and yeah and then I worked at Cruz and Tango's mm-hmm. as a bartender yeah I just I don't know I've always felt completely comfortable and I think that makes a lot of especially girls judge me yeah yeah I felt I've always felt judgment from like girlfriends especially like not understanding why like how I could be like so okay I remember there was a moment where you and I we're watching a movie mm-hmm. and we were just like hugging each other. Yeah. And it was totally platonic. Totally. And my girlfriend at the time uh, just could not wrap her heads her, her head around it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question, but. I mean, I think it's hard because like we grew up in a society where we're like, I think like femininity and like any sort of like, I guess like queerness, like, you know, when we were growing up, you know, like I think it was looked down, down upon and that like femininity was weakness and, you know, and. But I think it's like we're all made up of both parts. So it's mm-hmm. like I think it's it's unfortunate. You know, I'm glad that we're able, you know, as a society, we're coming out of it. And I'm seeing more like, you know, straight guys that are like embracing their femininity. You know, they're painting their nails. You know, they're wearing a bit more jewelry. And it's like it makes me so excited because I think it's just like, I don't know. It's just such a colonial like construct of like how men are supposed to be men and like women are supposed to be women. But it's like, why can't we all just live, you know, <laughs> and flow between who who we are and like and be able to express ourselves and not be like, oh, because I'm painting my nails, I'm gay. Like, I just think that that's such bullshit. Yeah. You know, I don't know. 
That's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of me accepting that part of me, especially Mm -hmm. like sometimes when I do dress a little bit more feminine, like is because of you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. Bringing that to me, just seeing the way you found power through fashion and like expressing yourself. has been wild. I'm loving seeing you come inside of your box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But do you think that like for you, like how does your, I guess like your sexuality, like how does that inspire the work that you do like in your photography? Definitely there's a little bit of shame there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like maybe like super Catholic upbringing. I don't know where it came from maybe. But all I really want to talk about when I, when I, like, if it was up to me, mm-hmm. if I was like, like rich and could just shoot whatever, yeah. it would just be like playing with like, not in like an overt sexual way at all, like, like completely, like you know, it's a fa- it's fa- fashion, so like, yeah, with clothes, totally. but just like playing with like shame and sexual like, like power dynamics mm-hmm. and like what that means to me. And I've done a few like BDSM slash fashion shoots that really were like. The biggest embodiment of who I was. Yeah. Um, there's not much of a market for that, unfortunately. No. <laughs> but but if, uh, yeah, I definitely, it does, I think, maybe inform my photography a bit when I shoot women. I shoot mm-hmm. up on them a lot. Yeah. I, whereas like most photographers are shooting down on them, make, make them more beautiful. But I'm really always by my nature trying to like uh, give power to them and I think that has something to do with my sexuality for sure that's so interesting so how it like is it from going from a down angle that's like it's just like making them seem like larger is that or like, like uh, bigger, shoot, shooting or like from a, shooting from a below just like you know if you go to any like photography class okay. or we, like shoot men from below women from down because I mean it makes them more conventionally flattering yeah you know okay I mean? and uh but I've always just like wanted to shoot women in a way that like per- projected their power mm-hmm. uh, like and and that a lot of female models don't want that for sure yeah and, but those aren't the type of models i'm trying to shoot totally yeah but where do you think that stems from like why do you want to give power back to women i don't know domineering mother perhaps yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> i love you mom <laughs> uh, probably that okay yeah like wildly domineering mother and the father that wasn't really there so probably changed the way I thought about women. I yeah. get that. I mean, I, I'm very much like, you know, I had a very similar relationship. My dad looks like an 80s porn model and like big mustache <laughs> and like an eight pack. And, you know, like he was like the, the epitome of hyper masculinity. And wow. then my mom was also like, you know, the most dominant personality in the, in the house that everything was about her, you know? So yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I definitely relate, relate to what you're saying. And I think that's, it's for, for me anyway, it's even like, you know, why I think I, I love like movies or books or like video games where I can be like a strong, powerful woman because like for me, that was my like version of like of strength. I think like seeing growing. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just because yeah. my dad, even though my dad was there, and, but he just didn't have like an active role in my life, really. Like he was so quiet and didn't really talk. And, you know, even though I was like very intimidated by him, you know, because he was so masculine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Isn't, isn't it weird being intimidated by your parent? Uh, totally. Such a like a... I, I, I'm so sad about that. And I didn't realize that about you either. Like, it just shouldn't be that way. Totally. You know? Well, I think it, for me, it was like, I was so afraid to show my femininity out of fear of like him, like, you know, kind of putting me down. Cause like you, like, you know, I remember from a young age, like my dad trying to make me play soccer and hockey. And like, I literally just wanted to figure skate and like go in gymnastics and do dance and like, you know, that never really happened. Like, they let me do gymnastics. I think that was, like, the most, like, masculine choice <laughs> that they could, like, land me in. But uh. you just brought back a very a similar and hilarious memory. Okay. It was Christmas, my grandmother's house, and the whole family was there. And I ran into the room with, like, two balloons in my shirt. Oh, yes. <laughs> and everyone, lo- everyone loved it. My dad did not. It sent me to my room Christmas night. No. Is that you to your room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what was the dialogue that you t- told yourself when you when that happened? I think that's part of maybe the shame part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't really let it get to me. I mean, it was always something. So, so like, you know, it was just another thing. No. Uh, like I'm not playing a victim. Like, I love my dad. It's great. I mean, they've been good to me. But uh, No, but it's like, but even if they weren't like super like negative in those sort of moments like it was like when the Spice Girls came out and I was only allowed to be Sporty Spice because it was like the masculine one of the group you know (laughs) but like Sporty Spice always wore like a bra and I remember like taking two clothespins and like pinning up my my shirt to like make the Sporty Spice bra and my mom (laughs) came down and got so mad at me about it but I'll never forget it you know and I think it's like it's part of the reason why I never also didn't want to like show my body or like show my midriff because it was like I felt like really good in that moment but the way I've sort of like internalized it in my life. It's been, it's taken me a long time to kind of like express myself, I guess, in that, in showing my body in that way. I'm just, that's just wild to me that they would only let you be Sporty Spice. Yeah. Oh, it's totally. incredible. But I like, Posh was my favorite, you know? Like I was like, I want to be the like, <laughs> just want to be one, Posh Spice. You know, like so bad, but like, no, they were like not having it. <laughs> that's so funny. And then, yeah. How is that relationship with them now? I mean, like, I guess I just didn't give them a choice, yeah. you know, like I, I remember when I survived my suicide attempt and I, I like after like the end of that summer, I went shopping and like it was the first time my parents were seeing me. They go to this cottage in the summertime and I went shopping and I bought my first pair of like girls jeans and like a tight tank top and like I put makeup on and I was like presenting very emo. I remember showing up at the cottage and was just like my parents were both like whoa like you know my dad had like was like you need to go change like and was like not having it and I was like you can't tell me like what to do and was it was like very much like I came out of it into this like sort of like empowerment kind of moment of like fuck this like this is who I am I almost like wasn't here you know because I had so much shame about my femininity that I was like I went to like the other extreme and 
I don't know. I found confidence in it, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> now, so now it's like, I, I mean, they're good. Like, they call me like, like, you know, they always say like, Mr. Hollywood is like <laughs> how they call me now, which is like so ridiculous. But like, you know, but, but I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I just own it. It's like, it is what it is. I've just given them no choice, you know, but, but I'll never forget like this one time I did this shoot where I was like, I was in this like dress and I like looked so feminine. Like it was in my very androgynous era. And, uh, I sent the campaign to my mom cause it was like this ad that, that was up. And she was like, who's that beautiful woman in it? Like, cause it was like a double image of me, like one of me more masculine and then one oh, of wow. me like super hyper feminine. And I was like, mama, it's me. And she goes, wow, you have a better body than I do. <laughs> Well, I didn't didn't have three children, so <laughs> you know, wow. but yeah, it's interesting. But they're coming around. <laughs> Excellent. <sighs> so something else that I do want to talk about, which I think is so fascinating, and I think people will be shocked to know, is that you're colorblind. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like what what is that like? Like not only just in your everyday life, but also <clears throat> as a photographer yeah. where like color is so important, I think, to the work that you do. Yeah, I recently had some issues with it. Uh, I mean, there's always like a way like in post to like check to see what the color actually is. Mm -hmm. Like, because I understand color theory. Yeah. Uh, The issues are though, like when I'm on set and I've had some issues like where I'm, the client's like, yeah, like shoot it over there. Like by that brown thing. I have no (laughs) idea what you're talking about. I just recently like uh, I had to change all the backgrounds. Uh, to a certain shade of green. Okay. Uh, and I had to give it to them and be like, I've done everything you've asked for. Just like, because now I'm open about being colorblind. I was like, you're going to need to handle the, the green <laughs> issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was okay. I think at this point, I've like proven to myself and other people that like, it doesn't really matter. I do think though, that it has maybe made me not necessarily a better photographer, but mm-hmm. a different photographer. Totally. Uh like just in the way what uh, like hypersaturation really attracts me yes or like powerful contrast like luminance contrast and black and whites um it makes me maybe miss some like beautiful like arrangements of color that i would might be walk right by mm-hmm. but it's it points me to other things that maybe other people wouldn't care to look at or or it wouldn't like jump out at them I, it's definitely i think helped uh, maybe me stand out not that I'm necessarily better but that there's something different about my work and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know I, I'm pretty fantastically colorblind <laughs> it's, it's true though because I think you have like when I look at your images like I think the color grading of the image if I'm saying that right like I, it's so unique to I think like who you are as a photographer and I think like I haven't seen I don't know there's just like the way that the colors are, are in the image. I, I don't see a lot of other people like doing that. And, and it's like, I never really thought about it until you told me that you were colorblind. And I was like, no, it's actually so true. Like there's such a uniqueness to the colors that you, that are really like showing up in the images that you do create. Um, but I'm also curious, like for people who, you know, for like someone like myself, like, you know, obviously I see the world and, and the colors that it is, like what what do colors look like? Like, I think it's like, if you look at like, a color wheel mm-hmm. where you would get a complete gradient wrapping around yes. the wheel, like from one color to the next. I'll look and like in the blues, I'll see the gradient. Okay. And I can pick out all the blue, but then suddenly there's just two big sections. Okay. That are the same. Uh, 
Which which is they, like, what else. do they look like? Like, is it gray it's, or like, it's, is it? No, it's weird. It's like, if you said, like, if you show me a picture of a green apple, mm-hmm. but it was like, say it was like shot macro. So I couldn't tell what that thing was. And yes. you're like, it like, take a look at this brown thing. I'd be like, oh yeah, it's brown. And I know what brown looks like because I can see the saturated versions of everything. Okay. But then you could be oh, like, oh, it's actually green. And the instant you say it's green, suddenly my mind maps a green on it and then I can see green in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the same with like anything in the red, brown, green, which goes into purples yeah. and goes into like, it's, it's weird. Uh, so far, I haven't had trouble with traffic lights, but once in a while, there'll be these like, not so saturated traffic lights and I'm like oh no <laughs> you're like is it yellow is it red yeah, or like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or green like it's all like in that yeah Fair. okay <laughs> but like when you were younger like how did you discover that that you were like colorblind mm, I, I think I always knew okay it was pretty obvious from a young age but it never really mattered because I never even knew I wanted to be an artist till I was like 30 but there wasn't like was is there like was there a moment where you were like someone had said something and you realized yeah. like you were seeing the world differently yeah someone was laughing about me because i colored uh the skin of a we had like a somebody to paint something okay in class and i made my person and they had some like wacky color for their skin and everyone was laughing i didn't get why oh, and then when they realized that i didn't get the skin issue yeah. then it became not a good type of laughing <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah but then like yeah, it's all good like it it's only colorblindness. It's like, I think there's so many men with that. But I do think it's been an important part of my photography. Mm-hmm. I recently, I was at the Whitney in New York. Yes. And there was this wonderful painting, I guess. And it's all these people like standing around it. And I was like, I just saw one solid color. And just, <laughs> no I, way. I, that, I very rarely ever feel like I'm missing out. But I yes. really felt like I was missing out. Oh, yeah. No. Like, but whatever. It was all good. No, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. It is know? fascinating, I think. Yeah. I tried those colorblindness glasses one okay. time. Do they work? They do. You have to wear them for a bit. Uh, and then suddenly I could see undertones in people's skin. Oh. And it never made sense. People would be like, oh, that shirt looks really good on you. Or that like, shirt looks really good on this person. And I'd be like, I guess so. Like, why, why would green look good on this person? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I could see like, oh, there's green in this person's skin. <sighs> it was wild. Yeah, wow. I should really buy a pair again. <laughs> but like, <laughs> can you get them in like a like would it be like an actual like within a prescription glasses or it's like a like i'm envisioning like those movie theater glasses that you get like i I think they're like better now but i think they only really work as sunglasses okay uh because the filter applied is so so if if you're like trying to like edit inside or Mm -hmm. or like be in a place where you wouldn't want sunglasses they don't it's not gonna work so well to make it too dark yes yeah that was wild to me like just being able to see like oh wow like a lot of white people have really have so much pink in this skin. Mm-hmm, like totally. That, it blew my mind. Huh. Amazing. That's so interesting. Now I'm going to take this conversation in a totally different topic. I'm ready. <laughs> Inspired by my outfit today. So for <laughs> everyone that's listening, I'm in a full head to toe mushroom outfit with a, you know, this really cool Canadian designer <laughs> called the Ethan Bandit. But something that I think like, you know, we've, we've spoken to you a lot and you know, you've, you've shared a bit of your personal story is like, I guess just like, your use of like psychedelics mm. and like how I guess maybe just share a little bit with us how those have sort of like impacted not only I think yourself personally but you know your work too I think I mean I, I'm hesitant always to recommend like powerful psychedelics to yes. people because some people like can this is like a disclaimer yeah <laughs> some some people like it can maybe not work out so well for, for sure but uh, I think for the majority of us like uh, people are missing out I 
I have one specific instance I think that was like sums it all up. I have been going to therapy for like a couple of years, not making much progress. Uh, and then I dabbled uh, in LSD. Mm-hmm. And one day I decided I was going to go to one of those um, pods, like the float tanks, yes. isolation tanks. Um, and I just gone to therapy like a couple of days before. And she's like, you really need to like picture like little Nick that was bullied and like, just have him on your chest and like, you know, love him. Like, you know, I tried it, nothing like, you know, it seemed like, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Hard work is hard. <laughs> and then I did LSD and I went into this isolation tank and I was sitting there and then I started, like it started and I, I said, well, I should try this now. And suddenly like little Nick was actually there. Like I could feel his head on my shoulder and I had my hand on him and I loved him. And in that moment, I changed the course of my life. Hmm. Uh, From then on, uh, I like love myself. And it was wild. It completely like just rewrote all these synapses in my brain and like discarded all these pathways that my brain would keep firing on. I'm just wild. Like it, makes you so neuroplastic when you're mm-hmm. on it. And if, if you take the time to do like, not just be like partying and like, and you know, like let's watch cool shit, yeah. uh, but actually like spend time on yourself. You can like remap your brain. Totally. Um, and if you put the effort in, like, I mean, that's what therapy is, I guess. Uh, but like, it's like a hundred times more efficacious. Yes. You can get like a year's worth of therapy in like a, an hour. Totally. It's like the pressure cooker of yeah. therapy. <laughs> yeah. And it's helped my photography in a lot of, a lot of ways as well. Uh, just like, you know, tangential thinking mm-hmm. and learning how to like be emotionally invested in people and more empath- empathic. I remember I had this for a while, I was doing model testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, I had done LSD like a few days before and I had an emotional moment on it, um, which led to me being quite emotional the next few days. Mm-hmm. And I was shooting this girl and she was really, really hard to like, open up she was so nervous yeah i just felt for her so much like her parents wanted her to be there not her like it was so awkward for her and i just wanted like i really wanted to connect with this girl and i felt for her i almost felt like i wanted to cry and then i i found some sort of like i don't know there was like an energy and this like bond and i could see the path to cracking her hmm. and i led her down that path and then she like and i know it was one of the first times in her life in her life that this happened and she just like opened up and it let it go and the whole room including her parents started to cry no and way. and like i was crying too and she had this like she would just suddenly was modeling beautifully because she was, had no anxiety yeah and i led her down that path because i was there feeling what she was feeling yes and that's only because i had had this experience on lsd that's so interesting so when you say the path though like what what like just talk about that a little bit more like how do you lead lead her down I think it's path. just like if you find say you know some people you can just sit there and have a conversation with and you yes. feel so comfortable totally they're just so empathic yes and they like they want to feel what you feel and okay. they're invested in what you feel mm-hmm. and like I'm not like that normally and I think most people aren't yes but because of uh because of LSD uh I was able to get there Interesting. and now I can get there more easily without the help of anything okay yeah it's honestly it's <clears throat> I think use properly some of these i think it's, it's definitely the future of like like psychotherapy mm-hmm. um people just need to come around a bit more we're almost there it's true like i think isn't it now um i'm not sure specifically which psych 
psychedelic it is that they're like starting to do like you can get your doctor oh ketamine ketamine yeah Yeah. to get a referral to go through it like I know someone personally who's been who's done it and same thing it was like his lifelong depression like completely cured and he had been in therapy for like I don't know three plus years and like that was what really like stopped his crippling depression and anxiety and wow which I think is it's it's amazing I mean I haven't experimented really with it myself other than like microdosing shrooms but that is just that doesn't really it's not the same you know so but um yeah I think that's so interesting so do you have any advice I think maybe for people who are like thinking about like looking for healing with psychedelics I mean I have to be careful because like I'm not like at all qualified to be saying this but like if you have schizophrenia in in your family, like don't do LSD, yeah. <laughs> don't don't totally. do lots of mushrooms. Uh, you know, if you're like a, just a super anxious person, don't go and do like all the drugs. Yeah. Like start really low, like microdosing, so that you know if you're stuck in this for six hours, it's mm-hmm. not so bad. Because you can like, just like I said, it's neuroplastic. Like you, if you're suddenly ruminating on these things mm-hmm. and like going down dark paths, it can have an equal terrible uh, equally powerful terrible effect totally so you have to be careful but i would just say like these aren't party drugs for sure these aren't you have to use them like you don't have to but you should use them uh in an attempt to put the work in mm-hmm. yeah with an int- like a, an intention for yourself yeah absolutely yeah. and i think that's why like i don't know looking to see i think it's going to be coming soon too where I, I, is it like mushrooms are now going to soon be legal in canada yeah, I, I think, think. So. like it's in vancouver they might already be yeah actually. so you know i think it'll be interesting to see like the studies that are going to come out of this and, and being able to like do it in an environment that's designed to help you heal i think is amazing so i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to it I, you know it's yeah. definitely something even though you know i am sober it definitely would be something that i would love to set an intention and try and do and go through sort of that process with i think it would like help me reach a deeper level which i'm i haven't been able to reach yet let me know yeah i'll be there (laughs) i love it well nick thank you so much for coming on this podcast with me and sharing a bit of our story together you know you're such a special person in my life and Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to do even more together. <laughs> uh, I love you. We still have some stuff I need to edit of you, actually. <laughs> I will get to it. Oh I promise God. you. I uh, Yeah, thank you for having me. Honestly, just like when we shoot, I feel like more inspired now. And I learned some things about you. <sighs> Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 